And welcome to another edition of Right Now with Ben Rosa here on AM 1320 WARA. I am Ben Rosa and I will be here with you for the next two hours up until 7 o'clock this uh, afternoon slash evening. Uh, 508-222-1320 is the uh, phone number if you want to uh, jump on board. Of course, uh, today is the uh, 5th of July and uh, of course by... uh, process of elimination yesterday was the 4th of July, but uh, unfortunately, uh, we did not have uh, really good weather to go along with uh, the holiday because, uh, you know, I mean, <laughs> yesterday I was at a, uh, I was at a 4th of July slash high school graduation party for uh, someone in my family, and, uh, you know, it started around 2 o'clock, and, you know, the, uh, it was uh, it was a little cloudy, but uh, you know everything was uh, was okay for the first uh, forty five minutes or so. But then you know about about a quarter to three, you started to feel the uh, you know the raindrops uh, coming uh, you know just a little bit at a time. But by uh, but by three o'clock, it was uh, it was downpouring, and it uh, was pretty much that way for the next uh, couple of hours. But uh, and we did not let the uh, you know the the bad weather uh, you know get in the way of a uh, of a good time you know to you know to uh, celebrate a couple of uh, you know big things there but uh, but yeah it was it was not a it was overall not a bad day but uh, you know just wish that uh, we had had uh, more like uh, what I'm seeing outside uh, the window here of our uh, downtown Attleboro studio you know nice sunshine and uh, yes it's uh, it is a scorcher out there. <laughs> Yep, we uh, you know finally hit uh, 90 degrees here today. Uh, that's uh, I just was just checking the uh, temperature here before going on the air, and uh, it uh, did say that we were at 90 degrees here in uh, downtown Attleboro. So yes, the first uh, official hazy, hot, and humid day of the summer. Although if you remember back in April, we had a uh, quite a uh, warm front for a few days, and uh, we did actually get uh, to 91 degrees one day back in April, but. Uh, yeah, certainly not used to having that kind of weather. Uh, you know, at uh, you know at that time of year, but uh, but now of course, now of course we're uh, we are expecting it. So it is hot out there. Uh, hopefully, you're in a, a swimming pool, either your own or uh, one of the uh, public pools here in uh, here in Attleboro. But uh, you are uh, running out of time because uh, they do close at uh, six o'clock. But uh, so yes, uh, we do have uh, quite a bit to uh, get into uh, this evening. Uh, we're going to be spending most of the uh, first hour talking about the uh, huge decisions that came down from the uh, from the Supreme Court at the end of last week, uh, back on Thursday and Friday. There were three major decisions that are uh, certainly being uh, lauded by conservatives and uh, and uh, certainly being uh, criticized by uh, those on the left. Uh, you know, of course, uh, one of the uh, you know the, the biggest case, as far as I'm concerned, was dealing with uh, affirmative action. Uh, that was the decision that came down on Thursday. The uh, you know there were two uh, there were two companion cases uh, you know uh, that were uh, filed by a group called Students for Fair Admissions. Uh, one that was going after uh, after Harvard, of course, uh, not too far from here in Cambridge, and uh, a second involving the University of North Carolina. Uh, this uh, organization uh, questioning uh, the uh, admission process to those uh, colleges 
and uh, you know the Supreme Court did rule with, on a uh, by a six to three margin in favor of uh, in favor of the uh, of students for fair admissions, and uh, so affirmative action can no longer be uh, used as a, a method of determining who gets into colleges. Uh, the other cases. Uh, there was the, uh, the the student loan case. Of course, uh, Joe Biden was uh, talking, uh, the president talking about uh, you know forgiving uh, federal student loans, but uh, but he was taken to court by uh, a few different states, led by Nebraska, and uh, of course the decision there also uh, six to three, uh, uh, stating that the uh, Secretary of Education did not have the power to waive student loans under the Heroes Act. Uh, so that decision came down on Friday, and also there was the uh, case of, uh, of a, a woman in uh, Colorado who was uh, you know, who uh, refused to uh, uh, to uh, provide uh, work for a uh, for a same-sex couple, and uh, that case uh, uh, you know, dealing with uh, the free speech clause of the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. Once again, another six-three decision uh, that uh, cited on behalf of. Uh, the group 303 Creative and its uh, and uh, the woman behind that organization, uh, that company, Lori Smith, uh, basically saying that uh, you know that she is well within her rights to not uh, you know, to not provide those services. So uh, so again, uh, you know uh, these uh, decisions are. Uh, uh, you know, this is uh, certainly what I think uh, what I think uh, President Trump uh, had in mind. When he, uh, you know, when he brought in the, uh, you know, these uh, three new justices during his, uh, during his time in uh, the White House, uh, you know, to, uh, you know, to try to get these uh, kinds of decisions, and uh, he has certainly been, uh, he has certainly succeeded in that. So, uh, you know, we're going to be uh, getting into, uh, into those things, but uh, also, uh, as I mentioned during uh, in, in the uh, the uh, preview for uh, for tonight's show. Uh, yes, uh, every, uh, you know, usually I've been doing it around uh, lunchtime, but I decided to do it uh, first thing this morning, just in case I got a little too busy, uh, you know, during the day to, uh, you know, to, you know, to write the preview. I, uh, I did it this morning and, uh, you can, uh, so every morning, every, uh, every morning, uh, that, of, of the show, so, so every Wednesday morning, either during lunch or, uh, or like today, uh, first thing in the morning, I uh, post a preview on the uh, Facebook page that I have for the show. Just look up right now with Ben Rosa, and uh, you'll be able to uh, to see that and uh, any other content that I uh, post on there. But I talked about uh, these uh, new uh, uh, sexual sex education uh, uh, curriculums that are going to be put into uh, Massachusetts schools. Uh, you know, they they came out with these a couple of weeks ago, but. Uh, just uh, just getting around to talking about them now, and so I'm going to be going over those and uh, and uh, what, what I uh, you know what I think of them. I can I can tell you right now, I certainly have some uh, big issues with those. We'll probably get into those as we get uh, near the end of the uh, first hour here. And uh, at the top of the second hour, I'm going to have a guest here. Uh, his name is uh, Jesse Barnaby. He's one of the uh, co-organizers for an event that's taking place this Sunday, uh, uh, all the way out in Gardner, Massachusetts. You're not familiar with uh, where Gardner is. You just got to go up to uh, Worcester, and you just kind of go to the, uh, you know, to the northwest of Worcester. You're getting kind of close to, you know, uh, 
you know, uh, Vermont and New Hampshire up there. But uh, it's going to be a, a big event. Uh, it's called a cent- the Central uh, Central Mass Conservatives Summer Rally, and uh, Jeff Deal will be the uh, the headline speaker. Of course, he was our uh, the uh, Republican gubernatorial candidate last November, and uh, there will be other uh, speakers as well. So I'll be uh, talking to uh, Jesse about uh, about that, and also uh, his uh, his love of music because uh, his band is going to be playing at uh, the show. Uh, you know, if you need to know uh, where Jesse aligns uh, when it comes to uh, politics, you know, his uh, group is called uh, uh, Mass Metalheads for Trump. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so, so uh, I'll be talking about his uh, music. Uh, we'll talk about, uh, you know, music in general. He's also a, a candidate for uh, the Republican State Committee. So we'll get into all of that with him uh, at the top of the uh, second hour just after the news at 6 o'clock, but uh, right now we're going to uh, take a break and uh, we'll get into the uh, Supreme Court decisions from last week and uh, anything else. You are listening to Right Now here on AM 1320 WARA. We'll be right back. And welcome back to Right Now here on AM 1320 WARA. Ben Rosa here with you. 508-222-1320 is our phone number. But uh, so let's uh, let's jump right into these uh, into the uh, Supreme Court decisions that came out last week. Uh, you know, the affirmative action case was, uh, as I mentioned at the uh, beginning of the show. Uh, you know, this was the one out of the three that uh, interested me the most because I've uh, I have long since felt that uh, you know that affirmative action uh, policies have. Uh, you know, have been wrong, and I think uh, you know people have been able to uh, use these uh, policies to uh, you know to uh, enact what I what I would consider you know to be like you know uh, I guess I, I, you know, there's really no good term for it, but I guess the best best term I could use would be you know reverse racism, you know where uh, you know where where, where uh, black people of uh, you know you know the, who have you know the authority to make uh, various decisions you know would would perhaps. Uh, would perhaps uh, you know not give admissions uh, you know to colleges or to uh, you know or, or to you know give uh, or to give jobs or or, or, or or you know whatever the case may be you know to you know to you know to white applicants uh, you know I think uh, has uh, there's uh, certainly been uh, you know the uh, the possibility of that and I do think that uh, you know incidents like that uh, have happened you know it is it is sad that uh, you know that uh, there's you know there's been a lot of uh, you know, there's been a lot of you know uh, racism in this you know in this country in the past, and there have been you know a lot of instances where uh, you know when, you know where black people were uh, you know uh, were uh, racially discriminated against. But uh, but I do think you know it has it has gone the other way in you know you know certain certain instances. But uh, just but getting into uh, what they were uh, discussing, uh, uh, the you know some of the testimony that uh, took place. Uh, during uh, you know uh, during the uh, during this uh, case regarding affirmative action, there was a uh, Duke University economist uh, named Peter Arcidiacono who uh, you know, was one of the uh, you know the major uh, uh, people testifying on behalf of the plaintiffs. Uh, as uh, looking at uh, you know the Harvard case, he concluded that Asian American applicants as a group performed stronger in measures of academic achievement and extracurricular activities. Despite this, they received a statistically significant penalty relative to white applicants 
in the personal rating and overall rating assessed by Harvard officials. As a result, the plaintiffs alleged that Asian American applicants have the lowest chance of admission of all racial groups in the United States, despite scoring highest in all objective uh, measurements. Um, uh, Arcidia Kono suggested that the applicant's race plays a significant role in admissions decisions, according to his testimony. If an Asian American applicant with certain characteristics like scores, GPAs, and extracurricular activities, family background, would result in a 25% statistical likelihood of admission, the same applicant, if white, will have a 36% likelihood of, of admission, and Hispanic and black applicants with the same characteristics would have a 77% and 95% predicted chance of admission, respectively. So, you know, he's certainly laying, he certainly laid out the case there, uh, you know, using, uh, you know, you know, using Harvard's own uh, numbers against it. Uh, he, he, the report also alleges that Harvard's preferential treatment of African-American and Hispanic applicants is not the result of the university's efforts to achieve socioeconomic diversity of its student body as, uh, quote, Harvard admits more than twice as many non-disadvantaged African-American applicants than disadvantaged applicants. He also stated that if Harvard were to remove all other factors for admissions preference, uh, racial preferences for underrepresented minorities, penalties against Asian Americans and legacy and athlete preferences, the number of Asian American admits would increase by 1,241 students over a six-year period, a 50% increase. The plaintiffs also claim that Harvard's own Office of Institutional Research found a statistically significant penalty against Asian American applicants in an internal investigation that took place back in 2013, but had never made the findings public or acted on them. Now, as far as uh, you know, Harvard's side of the story, uh, you know, when uh, when their uh, people uh, were able to uh, testify in front of the Supreme Court, they denied engaging in discrimination, said its admissions philosophy of considering race. As one of many factors in its admissions policy complies with the law, the school also says that it receives more than 40,000 applications, that a large majority of applicants are academically qualified, and as a result, it must consider more than grades and test scores to determine admission for its 2,000 available slots. And uh, the school did also say that the percentage of Asian American students admitted has grown from 17% to 21% over the last decade while uh, Asian Americans do represent about 6% of the U.S. population. Harvard further claimed it had studied more than a dozen uh, race-neutral admissions alternatives and allegedly found none, quote, promote Harvard's diversity-related educational objectives, as well as Harvard's admissions program, while also maintaining the standards of excellence that Harvard seeks in its students. So... So, th- so those, you know, uh, you know, in a, as, you know, kind of a brief summary of uh, of the uh, the arguments that were made, but uh, but of course, uh, of course, the Supreme Court did end up uh, ruling, uh, you know, six to two in the uh, in the uh, Harvard case and six to three in the North Carolina case. It should be noted that uh, that uh, one of the judges, of course, uh, you know, Justice Kentaji Brown Jackson, the newest member of the Supreme Court was a member of the Harvard Board of Overseers at the time, so uh, she had to recuse herself from the Harvard case, but she was able to hear the, uh, the case regarding uh, the University of North Carolina, where you know, a lot of the same, uh, a lot of the same you know, uh, testimony, a lot of the same statistics occurred, so, uh, so we're not going to really delve into that one. But, uh, but still, you know, it still was a, a pretty, 
a pretty easy uh, decision here for uh, you know for the majority of the court. Uh, the majority opinion was written by uh, Chief Justice uh, John Roberts, and he stated that race cannot be a conscious factor in admissions to universities. It did not stop universities from considering a student's discussion of how their race has impacted their life, so long as that discussion is concretely tied to a quality of character or unique ability that the particular applicant can contribute to uh, the university. Uh, Roberts also wrote that the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment applies without regard to any difference of race, of color, or of nationality, and thus must apply to every person. Um, and uh, you know, some of the other justices that uh, that ruled in favor also uh, also put out uh, you know uh, put out statements, including uh, Justice Clarence Thomas, who wrote, "While I am painfully aware of the social and economic ravages which have befallen my race and all who suffer discrimination." I hold out enduring hope that this country will live up to its principles so clearly enunciated in the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution of the United States, that all men are created equal, are equal citizens, and must be treated equally before the law. Uh, in uh, the dissenting uh, decision, uh, justices uh, uh, that was uh, joined by Justice Kagan, uh, uh, Justice Sotomayor wrote that ignoring race will not equalize the society that is racially unequal. What was true in the 1860s and again in 1854, referring to a Brown v. Board of Education, is true today. Equality requires acknowledgement of inequality. Uh, Sotomayor wrote that the majority opinion's interpretation of the 14th Amendment is not only contrary to precedent and the entire teachings of our history, but is also grounded in the illusion that racial inequality was a problem of a different generation. Uh, 5082 is uh, the number if you want to uh, get on board. But uh, but as I uh, stated uh, earlier, uh, you know, I do think that uh, you know that affirmative action uh, policies are uh, are wrong, and uh, you know I do think that uh, you know everyone should uh, everyone should be judged you know equally based on you know uh, you know based on the same merits. You know uh, no you know uh, you know race race should definitely not enter into know, into any kind of, uh, you know, discussion when it comes to, uh, you know, to uh, people applying for colleges and, like, or like I said, applying for jobs or, you know, or anything else like that. I, you know, and I think that, uh, I think what the majority of the justices did was, you know, I think, you know, they, uh, you know, they agreed with uh, what was said, uh, you know, back in the 60s by uh, Martin Luther King, you know, when he talked about, uh, you know, he, that uh, one day he wanted to see his uh, children not judged by the color of their skin, but by the uh, content of their character. So I do think that, uh, you know, you know that, that I, I do think that that played into the, uh, you know, into the decision here made by the majority. And it, it, it's just going to be, you know, it's going to be a lot more uh, fairer, uh, you know, the, the process for... Uh, for uh, people being admitted into uh, colleges, and you know, you know, and I, I think that is a great thing. I'd like to hear what uh, you have to say about that at five zero eight two 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 thirteen twenty. Right now, going to take another break, but uh, we'll get into uh, the other uh, two decisions. And uh, you know, again, I would uh, love to hear what uh, what you have to say about this. So, uh, so stay tuned. I will be back after. Uh, some messages here. You are listening to AM 1320 WARA. And welcome back to Right Now here on AM 1320 WARA. Ben Rosa here with you. 508-222-1320 is the uh, number uh, to uh, get into the conversation if you uh, choose to do so. 
uh, you know, we were just talking about, uh, you know, the first of the uh, three uh, Supreme Court decisions that came down uh, back uh, at the end of last week. You know, one thing that I've uh, noticed, uh, just a little, uh, <laughs> just a little funny uh, side point here. You know, ever since I started doing this show, of course, you know, show is on Wednesdays. Uh, I've been noticing that a lot of newsworthy things seem to happen on Thursday, you know, and or Friday. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but uh, you know, I've 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 been noticing that you know as as time has gone on doing uh, this show. That, uh, you know, it, it seems like a lot of things, you know, happen on a Thursday or a Friday. Of course, uh, you know, it's kind of well known in uh, politics that, uh, you know, that, uh, you know, uh, releasing, uh, you know, if you have to release information that you really don't want out there, you usually release it on a, a Friday afternoon because it's uh, <laughs> because, you know, there are less, uh, you know, eyeballs paying attention, uh, you know, to either, you know, the TV or the radio. And, you know, so they figured that, you know, you know if we'll. We got we to gotta report this bad news, so we'll just throw it out there on a Friday. Hopefully no one's going to pay attention, or I mean, or if you could get away with doing it over the weekend, <laughs> you know, even better. But, uh, but yeah, you know, it just seems like a lot of things have been happening, and of course, you know, you know I'm sitting back, you know, you, know, you know, I'll sit back and see all this stuff going on, and it's like, you know, man, I got to get on, I got to get on the radio and talk about this stuff, but, uh, but no, I, you know, I, I'm only here one day a week, so... Uh, <laughs> So I've got to wait, and, uh, you know, I have to hope that uh, it's uh, still, you know, somewhat newsworthy by the time I uh, get in here on uh, Wednesday afternoon. But uh, just a little, you know, point I felt like uh, making there. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so we're going to get into uh, the other two uh, decisions uh, here during this uh, segment of the show, of course. Uh, the, uh, the, uh, the student loan uh, uh, case was, uh, was decided on Friday, and once again it was a... Uh, Six-three majority by the uh, courts, uh, by the courts' uh, uh, conservative judges, ruling that uh, you know that the the president, uh, you know, through the uh, secretary of education, did not have the power to waive student loans under the uh, Heroes Act. Uh, now, uh, I'm sure you all remember while Joe Biden was uh, campaigning for uh, for the presidency back in 2020 from his uh, you know. From his basement, uh, he promised to cancel up to ten thousand dollars of a federal student loan debt per borrower. Per borrower, not an easy word to say. After being elected president, uh, Biden called for the uh, for Congress to pass a bill to facilitate this uh, student loan forgiveness for uh, ten thousand uh, dollars. In August of 2022, Biden announced that he would use executive action to forgive ten thousand in student loans for borrowers earning less than. 125,000 individually and uh, 250,000 as married couples. Uh, the Biden administration, of course, as I mentioned, invoked the Heroes Act as the basis for his executive authority to forgive loans. But uh, but on uh, September 29th of uh, last year, my birthday, <laughs> a few states, uh, uh, led by Nebraska, also including uh, Missouri, Arkansas, Iowa, and Kansas. They filed a lawsuit in Eastern Missouri U.S. District Court challenging the uh, the forgiveness, saying that it violated the separation of powers and the Administrative Procedure Act. Uh, so, uh, and so this case was uh, was pretty much uh, fast tracked because you know they they just filed it in September. Uh, the arguments were heard back at the end of February, and yeah, so the uh, and uh, the decision came down. 
on uh, June 30th. So, uh, so once again, the court uh, did rule 6-3 in favor, uh, you know, in favor of uh, the various states that uh, were uh, that were involved in this case against President Biden. The uh, the majority opinion, once again, authored by uh, Chief Justice uh, John Roberts, uh, after first establishing that at least Missouri had Article Three standing to challenge the debt forgiveness program, Roberts held that the statutory grant of authority to the Secretary of Education to waive or modify loan terms could not be extended to the student loan forgiveness program and that a debt cancellation of this scale required clear congressional authorization and fell under the major questions doctrine. So, uh, and uh, so, so you know, so after the uh, the ruling came down, the president responded uh, to the decision, pledging a new effort to cancel student loans by utilizing the Higher Education Act of 1965. Uh, Biden was one of several Democrats that also contrasted the debt forgiveness program with the uh, Paycheck Protection Program, which uh, which of course happened during COVID, which had by the date of the decision forgiven around 757 billion dollars in loans. But, uh, but you know, I think a lot of uh, people, uh, you know, were you know were, were, were cognizant of the fact that uh, you know this was going to be uh, this was going to be an easy decision for the uh, you know for the conservative judges to make, and I just think that uh, you know that uh, you know President Biden, as I mentioned, uh, you know he uh, he floated this idea of the student loan forgiveness during uh, the presidential election. And of course, he uh, brought it up again, uh, you know, just prior to the uh, midterms in uh, 2022. And I think, uh, I think he was able to get a lot of uh, rubes out there to uh, <laughs> to vote for uh, the Democrats uh, based on you know, you know, based on this. Uh, you know, you know a lot, you know, you know a lot of people have loans, uh, you know, that they that they took out, and uh, you know, yes, they are having uh, trouble. Uh, they are having trouble paying them off, but. Uh, you know, but it, you know, it all comes down to personal responsibility. I mean, you know, you took out the loans, and you're going to have to pay them back. That's you know, you know that you know that's the way it works in uh, you know in uh, most aspects of life. I mean, obviously that doesn't uh, doesn't always happen with the government, but uh, but no, I mean, you know, you know, you know, you took out the loans. You know, you you are eventually uh, supposed to be able to uh, you know. You know, to uh, take care of them. You know, you know, it doesn't matter how you do it, but uh, I mean, you're supposed to pay. You know, pay the loans back. And uh, you know, again, my heart does go out to people that have uh, that have these issues. But uh, you know, but you know, but but you took on the burden. So you know, it's you know, it's it's entirely up to you to take care of it. You know, you know, why should I or anyone else who has nothing to do with your education have to uh, you know, you know, have to you know to help you out here? You know, it's. You know that's you know you know that that that's just the way it is, folks. I mean, I mean you know you know you know there there is still such a thing as personal responsibility, and you know you have to you have to do what you know what you have to do you know to take care of things. Five zero eight two 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 thirteen twenty is the number, but also the the third case that also had its decision come down. On Friday was the case of 303 Creative LLC versus Alenis, which uh, dealt with uh, the free speech clause of the First Amendment. And once again, uh, you know, the conservative judges ruled uh, 6-3 here. Um, so, uh, so the decision, you know, the decision certainly seen as a victory for free speech rights as well as religious liberty. Uh, 
Right, so Lori Smith uh, is uh, was the person be behind this. Uh, she's a website designer running a LLC known as 303 Creative, registered in the state of Colorado. Smith had been selling website development services and wanted to move into making wedding announcement websites. And, uh, Smith claimed that it would have been against her uh, Christian faith to make sites, you know, to make sites for same-sex marriages because uh, you know someone did. Uh, Someone did approach her about, uh, you know, about uh, putting a website together for a, a same-sex marriage, and she, you know, you know, she, you know, she didn't want to uh, do it, you know, because of her Christian faith. So, you know, so the case eventually, you know, this case, like the others, you know, wound its way through the courts, and eventually, uh, and it was eventually decided uh, with a with a six-three decision. Here, uh, we do have. Uh, Okay, yes, we do have a caller on the line. And hello, you are on the air. Hello? Hello, you are on the air. Hi, Ben. This is Dave Kane. How you doing? Oh, hi. Yes, uh, Mr. Kane. How are you this evening? No, just Dave. That's fine. I okay. just called because I wanted to invite you on my show Saturday. Oh, okay. Um, well, yeah, I think I will be able to, uh, you know, to do that. Uh, okay. Uh, you want to do nine or ten? Well, uh, let me see. Uh, probably, I could probably be here for nine o'clock. Sure. Okay, great. I'll see you then. All right. Well, uh, thank you very much. Yep. Bye. All right. Well, how about that? <laughs> All right. Well, uh, there he was. Uh, you know, Dave Kane. Uh, you know, of course. Uh, you know, he does a show every uh, Saturday here from. Uh, from nine until twelve, and uh, well, what do you know? I was uh, just invited to uh, to be on his show. All right, <laughs> certainly was not expecting uh, that here this evening, folks. But uh, but yes. So uh, well, I think with that, I think I'm going to uh, take uh, take a commercial break here. So we're going to uh, so I'll finish up talking about uh, about this case, and uh, we'll. Uh, and we'll also get into uh, the other thing that I mentioned about uh, the uh, the uh, sex uh, the sex ed, uh, uh, ed you know, uh, the sex education uh, policies that are going to be uh, taught in uh, school excuse me schools in uh, Massachusetts. But uh, right now, uh, take a break and be right back. You are listening to right now here on AM thirteen twenty WARA. And we are back here on AM thirteen twenty WARA. Ben Rosa here with you. Five zero eight two 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 thirteen twenty is the uh, phone number. And uh, I'm still uh, <laughs> still a little bit in uh, shock here about uh, <laughs> what happened at the end of the uh, the last segment. Uh, because uh, as you know, on uh, Saturday uh, mornings here on. Uh, AM 1320, we have uh, uh, Dave Kane, who is a, uh, you, know, a you know, I've uh, described him in the past as a, a local uh, talk show legend. You know, he's uh, been on a number of uh, different stations over the years, and uh, he does a show every Saturday morning uh, here between 9 and 12, and uh, he actually just called in to uh, invite me to be on uh, his show this Saturday, so... Uh, <laughs> So yes, I guess uh, I will. Uh, I will be uh, Dave's uh, special guest 
here uh, <laughs> here on these very airwaves uh, Saturday morning at uh, at uh, nine o'clock. So uh, certainly something uh, for you guys to uh, look forward to. But I uh, just wanted to uh, finish what I was talking about there with the uh, the last of the big cases that were heard right, that were decided by the Supreme Court uh, this past week. Uh, you know the uh, the case of uh, you know the case of the uh, the woman that. Uh, did not want to uh, put together a, uh, a a website for a same-sex marriage. Uh, you know, the court issued its uh, 6-3 decision in uh, favor of uh, uh, Miss Smith uh, back on Friday. The majority opinion was written by Justice Neil Gorsuch, and it stated that while public accommodation laws are not per se unconstitutional, a business person cannot be compelled to create a work of art which goes against their values and which they would not produce for any client. Uh, Gorsuch wrote that in Smith's case, it was clear that the website she wanted to design would be her own expressions and thus protected by the First Amendment, as agreed to by parties during the Tenth Circuit trial. However, Gorsuch cautioned that the question of what qualifies as expressive activity protected by the First Amendment remained open as it was unnecessary to define that for the purpose of this case. In the uh, dissent, that was joined by Justices Kagan and Jackson. Justice Sotomayor wrote that the decision, quote, grants a business open to the public a constitutional right to refuse to serve members of a protected class and that under the majority's reasoning, stationers and photographers could be allowed to turn down clients on the basis of their sexual orientation or gender identity. So, uh, so yes, uh, three very big cases that were decided by the... Uh, by the Supreme Court at the end of uh, last week, and uh, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, uh, you know, when uh, when uh, President Trump was in office, I do think that uh, these were the kinds of decisions that uh, that he was hoping that the uh, Supreme Court would uh, would render in these cases. So, uh, you know, so I think you know, in that respect, you know, he certainly he certainly got what uh, he wanted when he uh, put. Uh, when he put the uh, three justices that he did uh, onto the, uh, you know, onto the court, uh, you know, uh, of course, uh, Kavanaugh, Gorsuch, and uh, and uh, Barrett, uh, you know, he he was able to get all of them on the Supreme Court, and uh, they certainly played a key role, in, a key role in uh, making these decisions, and uh, so I think uh, you know a lot of conservatives, uh, you know, have been. Uh, out there over the past few days, saying thank you, President Trump, uh, because you know these are these are certainly the, the decisions that uh, that Trump supporters uh, you know were uh, were looking forward to, as well as uh, as well as the president himself. So, so yeah, I would say you know uh, you know, a very, you know very good uh, decisions uh, made here by the uh, Supreme Court on all uh, three of these uh, cases. Five zero eight two 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 thirteen twenty is the number. Uh, but, uh, the other uh, thing I wanted to get into here uh, before the end of the top of the first hour was the uh, was the the comprehensive uh, sex education uh, framework uh, put uh, that has been uh, put out there by uh, the Massachusetts DESE, uh, 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 the uh, Department of Elementary and Secondary Education. Uh, of course. Uh, you know, I, I do remember when I was in high school, uh, you know, getting, uh, you know, having, uh, you know, you know, uh, sex education classes. And I think that, uh, you know, most of us out there were certainly, uh, 
certainly had uh, you know certainly have uh, memories of being in those uh, classes, but uh, you know, but uh, you know, it, it, you, you know, usually it uh, has only uh, taken place uh, you know in uh, you know you know in the high schools up to this point, but uh, but 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 now they want to uh, spread uh, you know sexual education down through uh, all levels of school, including uh, um, including preschool. Uh, so, so I'm just uh, so you know the the DESC put together a uh, put together a a little uh, you know pamphlet here with uh, you know with the different points uh, as it re- as it relates to all of the different uh, uh, you know different school levels. So, so I'm going to uh, you know just read these off here for preschool. Uh, uh, the two main points they're talking about is you know use medically accurate names for body parts, including genitals, when communicating about their body and physical health, and demonstrate awareness of and ways to show respect for all types of families. And so, say families with heterosexual parents, uh, same gender parents, single parent families, intergenerational families, along with adoptive and foster families. Uh, so, and there's two specific things that are mentioned for under preschool: role playing, good touch, bad touch. Define and demonstrate simple ways to communicate personal boundaries and respect the boundaries of others, including physical, verbal, sexual, and emotional boundaries. Uh, for example, explain why it is important to tell others not to touch their body when they do not want to be touched and why it is important to stop touching someone when they indicate the touch is unwelcome. And the other uh, individual point that's mentioned here is uh, how many genders are there? Discuss gender role stereotypes and their potential impacts on people of all genders. So uh, moving on to uh, third grade, uh, you know, so the, the, again, they've got uh, four points here for uh, what will be taught to third graders. Uh, describe the differences between biological sex and gender identity and explain how one's outward behavior or appearance does not define one's gender identity or sexual orientation. Um, also explain how gender identity and sexual orientation can vary in each individual. And uh, this one, you know, I do have to give you a little bit of a uh, warning on this one. Uh, define sexual intercourse. The range of ways pregnancy can occur and valid and reliable resources for information or support related to these topics. And there is an individual point here. Third graders will research sexual feelings on the internet. That's a question mark there. And underneath they say use valid, reliable, and medically accurate resources. For example, school nurses, doctors, digital resources, health teachers, community organizations. Define descriptions of the human reproductive systems, human sexual development, and the efforts and, and the effects, I should say, of hormones. Uh, with examples of romantic and sexual feelings and mood swings. And moving on to, uh, you know, to middle school, uh, so there's only a couple of points here. Uh, you know, asking children, uh, this is one that I've got a, you know, a bit of an issue with, asking children 11 to 13 if they are ready for sex. Analyze personal beliefs, including level of readiness and values related to sexual activity, and sexual health, and uh, and also uh, one other point here: child pornography laws limit the "quote unquote" rights of adolescents. 
Describe laws, example, age of consent laws, child pornography laws, parental notification laws that relate to young people's sexual health and the rights of adolescents to maintain their own health and how these might impact decisions related to sexual health. Now, uh, you, now, as, now so, so this is what they have been proposing, but uh, you know, people will have a chance to, uh, you know, to uh, comment on these, uh, on these recommendations. Uh, you can uh, do it one of two ways. You can email your uh, state senator or representative, and uh, the website there is you know, uh, masslegislature.gov backslash search backslash find my legislator, or you can email the Board of Elementary and Secondary Education with comments at uh, boardofeducation at mass.gov. So uh, 508-222-1320 is uh, the phone number here. And uh, just uh, just to give you my uh, personal uh, you know, feelings about these, uh, you know, as I said at the beginning, I do think that, uh, you know, sex education classes are, are certainly very important uh, when it comes to, uh, to high school, but I do have, you know, a bit of an issue with, uh, you know, with these, uh, with these, you know, recommended uh, talking points here, um, you know, as it relates to, you know, to, you know, to teaching these kinds of things, you know, to, you know, you know to the youngest of kids, you know, to, you know. Uh, to preschool, uh, you know, there's, uh, you know, certainly a lot of, uh, you know, you know, a lot of people have issues with the, uh, you know, with the fact of, you know, about how many genders there are, you know, <laughs> a lot of, uh, a lot of conservatives will say that, uh, you know, there are, there are two and only two uh, uh, genders, but, uh, you know, but obviously if you've seen a lot of, uh, if you've seen a lot of you know uh, applications for things, uh, you, know, you know there are you know there are a lot more than two genders listed on uh, on various applications. I, I do think that you see that a lot when it comes to uh, you know to you know, you know to you know especially when it comes you know to uh, government forms. You know I do think you uh, you see that a lot there, but. Uh, you know, but you know, overall, you know, I I just think that uh, you know that it it's you know it should be you know it should be parents, you know that's the bottom line. It should be the parents that are uh, you know that that are teaching these things uh, to their you know to their children. Uh, you know, I think I think you know asking eleven to thirteen year olds if they're uh, ready for a sexual intercourse, I, I think that could uh, that could certainly lead uh, you know. To, to problems, I do think that there's a, a pretty good chance that uh, you know that you could see a, a spike in uh, pregnancies. You know, when it comes to that, because you know, you know, you can have a situation where you know you've got a where you've got a boy who's in that uh, age range, and they're uh, you know they're talking about these things in class, and you know there may be a uh, there might be a, a particular girl that uh, they are uh, interested in, and you know. The teacher asked this girl, you know, you know, do you think that you're ready, you know, you know to, uh, you know, to do this, you know, you know, for sexual intercourse? And they, and uh, you know, you know, if the girl responds yes, I think you know it's, you know, <laughs> it's kind of opening the door there, you know. Uh, <laughs> I think there's, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, it, it could certainly lead to, you know, to a lot of problems. I mean, I mean, obviously, you know, the, you know, these things have happened, uh, you know, throughout. Uh, 
I'm sure, you know, I'm sure these things have happened, you know, throughout history, of course, you know, there was, you know, a lot of cases of, you know, you know, you know, people were getting pregnant younger, you know, many, you know, many years ago, you know, back, you know, in the 18th and 19th centuries when, you know, when, you know, life expectancy wasn't that long. And, you know, you know, there were, you know, you know, these things have been going on forever, you know, but, uh, no, I just you know I, I just really think that uh, you know the, you know the school should you know stay out of it until like I said you know until high school which is you know the way that we've uh, kind of always been doing it uh, you know I I would hope that uh, there's going to be a uh, you know a chance for uh, parents to opt their children out of uh, you know out of this kind of education uh, you know out of these kinds of classes we'll uh, you know we'll see if that does indeed happen. But uh, we are coming up to the uh, top of the hour here. And uh, so coming up on uh, the other side, I am going to have a, uh, an interview here with uh, uh, Jesse Barnaby. He's one of the uh, co-organizers of an event that I will be uh, speaking at uh, uh, this uh, Sunday. Well, I shouldn't say speaking at I'm going to be uh, the, uh, the MC, the Master of Ceremonies, for this event uh, taking place in uh, Gardner on uh, Sunday. So uh, we will be talking about that uh, with him, and, uh, and we'll get into some of the uh, some of the other uh, stories of the day. A couple of uh, interesting little uh, you know local things that I have found uh, that I'll uh, talk about during the uh, you know towards the last half hour of the show. Uh, there's a resident of uh, Norton who's going to be honored at uh, Fenway Park on uh, Friday night. Uh, they are having a uh, you know a PMC night for uh, the uh, Pan Mass Challenge, so uh, we'll uh, we'll talk about that. And also, uh, there's going to be a family fun night coming up uh, here in Attleboro coming up on uh, the 14th. So I'll uh, give you some of the uh, details about that. And also, uh, you uh, as I'm sure you're probably aware of, the uh, the final inning at McCoy Stadium did not happen as expected. Uh, the event was postponed, but it will be, uh, they have rescheduled it for next Sunday, July the 16th. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm kind of glad that uh, that's happening because, you know, I originally wasn't going to go on the 3rd, but uh, I think there might be a, a chance that, uh, that I'll attend it this time, you know, since it's going to be on a, a Sunday. So, uh, uh, so, uh, so. Uh, so you know, next week, you know, we'll uh, you know, we'll go over what's going to be happening there again. We'll we'll uh, you know give you all the details again. But right now, we're going to take our top of the hour break and be right back on the other side. You are listening to AM thirteen twenty W A R A. 